0: Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. 8 verse 15 Esther chapter 8 verse 15 praise God and when you get there say I'm there anybody there? If you're there, say, I'm there. There. Where? There. The book of Esther, chapter 8, verse 15. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel, of blue and white, and with a great crown of gold, and with a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. Trust me, that was quite a contrast from what it experienced before that. And I want to preach to you today on this subject from sackcloth to royal robes. From sackcloth to royal robes. That should excite you. It excites me. Amen. I know it excites you too. Let's thank the Lord again for what he's doing. Hallelujah. God, we thank you. Lord, the sabers are being rattled right now and war is going on, but you've got this, God. The angels of the heavens are fighting for us. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, God, yes, God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know the nice thing about the angels fighting for us if you want to consider this of course with god it just takes him speaking the word but think about this if you want to go in and in, in, in mathematical equations here sister Lonnie, the mathematician here and uh, uh i think sydney even said she likes math so we're going to go by mathematical statistics here Uh, I want to give you a little bit more hope. There's two-thirds angels compared to the third angels that's fighting on the devil's side, but we got two-thirds on our side. But that's not the big factor. We got God on our side. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. We do want you to write on your calendars. Uh, the 20th and 21st, as Sister Burke said, Brother Smith will be with us, and uh, Brother Adam Heil on the 24th on that Sunday. So we're excited about that. Invite someone to come to our Easter service. We wanna see if we can break 120, and uh, we will include those that are not able to make it online, because they're here today. God bless them, and um, uh, we're excited about what God is doing, amen. From sackcloth to royal robes. Um, I know that we all have felt the weight. We have all felt the weight of battle. We have all felt the heaviness of what is going on in a world that has actually affected us in the church, the body of Christ, not just here, but all around the world, and even in our own Personal lives and in our own families, it's affected us. We have felt that heavy weight, and uh, uh, I know that there's a lot of things that have been weighing very heavy upon uh, me and Sister Burke uh, as we um, try to follow the direction of the Lord. And we feel the battles that not just you are facing; we're we're faced with. We're all in this together. We're all facing battles and wars that are going on. Uh, and as I preached here a few weeks ago. The main thing is don't don't fight senseless battles. I, I always tell the Lord in prayer that I don't mind fighting. I don't mind fighting the battles and the war that's going on for souls and for the kingdom of God. I don't have a problem with that as long as I can see a little victory, even if it's a little one, if it's a big one. That's wonderful, but even if I see a small victory, I rejoice in that also. Amen. Before we go further in this, I would like for us as the body of Christ to pray for Sister Connie's family. Uh, her grandmother passed away, uh, a woman that loved, loved God. And we want to pray for the family that the comfort of the Lord would come to them today. I know she was very important to Sister Connie and her family and had such a great impact there. Let's pray for uh, Sister Connie's family. Lord Jesus, we bring this need before you, and I pray that you'll bring comfort. I pray that you'll bring comfort and victory and strength to them. I pray that you would help them through this this difficult time, this pain and, and hurt that they feel. I pray that you will lift them and encourage them today. Lord Jesus, we trust in you that your peace will flow upon their lives. And we trust in you in all of this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Battles, wars. I, uh, as we have been praying for our church, praying for our souls, I have become desperate with the Lord in and praying, and lifting up this church before the Lord, and lifting you up, and praying for you. My wife has too, and, and I know the body of Christ has been praying. Thank you for that. Um, but in these, in this desperation, I know that there's been times I've got very straight with God, and I, I know God is a big God. He can handle that. But I have, and then I began to read in the book of Job, um, and I and I got to looking at the book of Job and how all the things that he's went through, and but I noticed a scripture in there that said, but he didn't he didn't uh, uh, how's it go he didn't uh, uh, it wasn't condemn he he charged the Lord falsely with his own lips. So I found myself uh, having to ask God that if I have said anything that would be degrading to him or uh, out of line in my prayers uh, with my lips I ask him to forgive me for that Uh, because I know God is in control uh, but I know sometimes we just got to go before the throne of the Lord in desperation for our brothers and sisters in the Lord and for the body of Christ uh, the church for revival for a great move of God and I I, I cried out to the Lord, but in my in my personal Bible study time, I I was reading, of course, the book before Job. Uh, of course, now I'm in Job, and uh, but the book before Job, a quick, easy read. If you want to just take the time to read it in a short time, it's there's a whole lot in the book of Esther. <laughs> there's there's so much value in the book of Esther, and. Uh, As we feel the weight of battle, I believe it was very timely as I began to read this story and the Lord began to point some things out that I had not seen before. Uh, As we feel, church, the weight of battle, I I want you to understand, don't let the weight of battle uh, get you to a point where where you let it hold you and us back from victory. But we could get to the point where the weight of battle is so heavy and we're carrying that heavy weight uh, of, of struggle that we allow it to keep us from seeing the victory that God really wants to bring out of this. You see, I believe that every battle, every experience, we learn something through that. And we should come out greater than what we were before. Amen? We, we should learn from those things. And, and I'll and I tell you what we learn in a lot of ways. We learn more about God, most importantly, because we tend to seek God in desperation more. We learn more about God, but we also learn uh, more about the tactics of the enemy. And in that, we, we come to a point where uh, God begins to reveal some things very timely. And in this case, I felt like it was an answer to prayer. I've been crying out to the Lord. I've been asking the Lord to give us, uh, you know, give us even, you know, great victories. But, and I've been very specific, but I, I even seen little victories begin to come. And I rejoice over the small things that the Lord allows us to have. I really believe that God is hearing our prayers. It's not just me and my wife praying, but it's the congregation praying. We're in this together. And God is hearing us. He's hearing us. So it is an answer to prayer. And as I prayed over the church for the tide to turn and for us to see a great victory and in those small victories we'll rejoice. The bigger victories we're going to rejoice. But I remember reminding the Lord that we do have a prophetic promise over this church not that the Lord needed any reminding because he was the one that gave it in the first place, but I just reminded the Lord. I went back and I said, Lord, you know the promises of, of, of revival and the promises for this place, this church, this body of Christ. And I know that we have to go through the battles to get to the victories. It's not a victory unless you go through a battle at some point or another, but it is a victory. But I was very impressed with the story of Esther. Again, I've read it many times. But yet, it very much impressed me in my personal Bible study to be able to see what God was trying to show us as a church. And I feel like that I want to deliver this today for us to understand where God has us and what God is doing. Amen. But the story so very... Wonderfully illustrates the church of God as a whole in this present hour. It so beautifully shows us an illustration of where we're at and what God is doing that we might not even see right now. God is doing a work right now that you don't even know of. He's doing a work that is powerful and glorious. But you see, we are feeling as a church body of Christ uh, here and around the world that heaviness of war that pressure that pressure and even a pressure to bow down we're feeling that but yet we we know that that, that the last two or three years our world and our country and our church and many churches and businesses and individuals and families have felt some pretty hard struggles through this COVID thing, and 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 I am a firm believer. I know that I know that it was a serious thing. Where it came from, I have no idea. What the source of it, I don't know. I can't figure that all out. I have ideas, but I do know that that what the world, the spirit of the world, has latched onto this thing to the point where it has taken our world and and even churches it's taken our world in a way that i'm talking about the spirit of the world they've taken great advantage of it And they've hijacked it to the point where there's so much fear and so much struggle and so much pain. I realize it's a serious thing. I've got good friends that died from COVID. But I feel like that our world has latched on to this spirit of the world to try to get its own own plan and its own motive out there to destroy and to control and to control even the church. I believe that. I believe it's affected churches. It's affected people of God. Even to the point where, where uh, it's changed our habits of living for God. It's changed our habits even of commitment to God. It's changed our habits of relationship with God. And a lot of it has to do with fear where we should be for sure. And I, I believe that it has done a lot of this draw us closer to God. But the spirit of the world, and I feel this very strongly in my, in my spirit as I was studying this and what the Lord was showing me, and in prayer that, that the very spirit of the world is trying to latch on to this and seeing it as a great opportunity to try to destroy the things of God and morals and, and, and godly things. That's the spirit of the world. Spirit of the world is they don't like for people to worship God. They don't like for you to be in the house of God. They don't like for you to read the word of God. They don't like for you to pray. You know why? Because you know how it is. I I, I, I know when people are in a place of downward spiral, they like to take others down with them also. They like to... You know, it's a... You've heard different sayings, you know, the uh, uh, birds of a feather flock together. Uh, There's other sayings that, you know, uh, misery likes company. If I'm miserable, I want everybody else to be miserable with me. If I'm going to go through it, I want everybody else to go through it. You know how it is. It's it's just kind of a spirit uh, that, that kind of comes upon uh, humans or the world and, and and when people feel like that they're in a downward spiral and they can't get out of that downward spiral, then they begin to think I can't get up to their level and I'm I'm mad that they're at that level and they're in in a good place and they've got peace and they've got happiness and they've got victory in their life and I don't want them to feel that way. I want to drag them down to where I'm at because misery loves company. You see, the famous words of this story uh, in the book of uh, Esther uh, the famous words here of the scriptures is found in Esther four thirteen and fourteen, which I believe that is what God is saying to you and me as the church body. Then Mordecai commanded to Esther uh, to answer Esther, think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time. It's time when there's a lot of spirits of the world that are trying to destroy. If you hold your peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews. They're going to they're arise. They're going to be enlarged. They're going to uh, deliver what they're saying they're going to do to those that are trying to live for God. And in this case, to the Jews, and that was to kill every one of them from... And it's going to come from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, he said to Esther. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? This hour, Paul, Peter, John, all of the other disciples could have been here at this hour if God chose but he didn't choose for them to be here this hour. He chose you and he chose me. He chose Landmark Worship Center to be here at this time because he knew that he could trust us for a different work than what Paul and Peter and John were able to do. He's called us for such a time as this, but if we refuse to to follow in that battle and be able to overcome it through the power of God's Spirit, Guess what, God's gonna still have deliverance. God is still gonna have victory. God is still gonna have a church, whether it's us or not. So it might as well be us. It might as well be Landmark. It might as well be us. It might as well be us, well be us Titus and, and Lindsay. Hey Amen, it might as well be us. It might as well be us, Raymond and Kate, Kate, Caitlin, I'm sorry. Caitlin, it might as well be us. Sister Bonnie, it might as well be us. Brother Tucker, it might as well be us. It might as well be us. Brother Polly, if it's not going to be, if it's going to be somebody, I take the challenge because I know that we have a God that wants to lead us through (laughs) like we've never seen before. It might as well be us, but the famous words, the Lord's going to bring them from another place. Esther, if you don't Take that chance. And in her, her, her situation, she was up against, she was putting her life on the line for such a time as this. So if it's not us, God will use someone. He'll use someone to reach the lost. He'll use someone to build the church. He'll use someone to, to do a great and marvelous work. But what amazed me about this story of the book of Esther as I began to take a a view of this, and I want you to think about the book of Esther in this sense. I want you to think about it, that it is a story of the day that the Jewish people lived in at that day, but it is also a very close similarity to the day we're living in. Think about it here today as we talk about it. I was amazed when I read the story how that the Lord had orchestrated he orchestrated every detail in the book of Esther in this marvelous story to bring a major turnaround for God's people. A man couldn't have worked all of these details out like God worked it out. But God did, He worked it all out. God is and has been putting things in place for such a time as this in the year 2022. God has put things in place for this hour so that we can rise up and we can trust in him. The battles that we face build our faith in him and our trust in him. Amen. But we are set up for this hour, this hour of a great and mighty move of the Lord. And as I set up this story, the role of each character of the story in comparison of today, I look at the the uh, the spirit of the world is Haman and I look at the Jewish people are as the church uh, and the people of God around the world and I look at Esther and Mordecai as vessels for God to use for his victory I look at this story and it just begins to connect and it began to speak to my heart, to my soul amen, it began to speak to the things that I needed to know this hour, this moment and there is an attempt today in this world uh, in in the situation that our world is in to hijack uh, the church and to hijack morals and to hijack uh, things that are very important to the people of this world, God's creation Uh, and there is an attempt by the spirit and the ways of the world uh, to destroy the church and God's people spiritually Now you could let the battles that you face destroy if you want to. I'm not going to let it. Amen. I'm not going to allow these things. When I have a promise ahead of me and I have a promise from God that says if I just call upon him that God's going to be there, I'm not going to let it bring me down. I'm not going to let it destroy me. Amen. I'm not going to let it. I'm gonna stand up and fight because I know that God has my back. And as Sister Burt said, the swords are rattling and the battle's being won, but am I gonna let it stop me from the victory? No, I'm gonna march on with faith and I'm gonna march on with trust. I'm gonna stay in the altar of prayer. I'm gonna be in that place of worship unto the Lord. I'm gonna dig into the word of God and hear more instruction from the Lord. Because God has been planning this hour for such a time as this. Amen. He's been planning for your life, for my life, for this church. But there's an attempt by the Spirit and the ways of the world to destroy the church. Truth, try to attempt for God's people to leave the truth of God's Word and to take a compromise. No. Uh, There's an attempt of the Spirit of the world to to get us to talk like the world, to get us to look like the world, to get us to think like the world, and to get us to bow down to the spirit of the world. To bow down to the spirit of the world. You see, there has always been a desire of those doing wrong and sin to try to bring those that are standing with God down to the sinful level and to get us as a church body to bow down to the spirit of the world. Haman, here's the spirit of the world, old Haman. Haman was so caught up in his pride, He was so proud the king had lifted him up and gave him great position in the kingdom there. And uh, Haman was caught up so much in his pride and boasting of all that he had took advantage of. Listen to what it says in the book of Esther, chapter 5, verse 10, 11, and 12. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself. And when he came home, what was that refraining? He was refraining because he was mad because Mordecai didn't bow down. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Haman refrained himself. And when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and Jerush, his wife, and Haman told them of the glory of his riches. That's the spirit of the world, the glory of the riches. Look how much fun we are having! Look how much wonderful things that are happening! If you just bow down, if you just accept it, if you just follow the ways of the world, and Haman told them of the glory of his riches. Understand, Haman, the spirit of the world, and he he even boasted of the multitude of his children and all the things wherein the king had promoted him too and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. Haman was so caught up in his pride he was so caught up in his boasting that he, he he had to tell people about it. But it says here, uh, in verse 12, Haman said, moreover, yea, Esther the queen, did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared, but myself and tomorrow am I invited unto her also with the king. The world has so much pride. The world and the spirit of the world has so much pride boasting and where they're at and what they're doing and they want you to think that what they have is better than than what you have, what you have in God. They want you to think that this sin is such a wonderful thing And, and when you begin to bow down to it, that's exactly what Haman wanted Mordecai to do. When you begin to bow down to the spirit of the world, I tell you what happens, you begin to lose the things that are precious to you things that are precious. We're in a war. We're in a battle. We're in a war. We're in a place. It's happening all around us. But if we allow these things of the world, sometimes the world will say, you'll have it better following uh, the spirit of the world. You'll have it better. You'll be happier in sin. You'll be happier doing the things that we do. And, and, and you're bound doing what you're doing. No, they've got it all wrong. Haman was so caught up in himself that he felt like Mordecai needed to bow down to his way, his wandering, his spirit, his pride, his whatever. He felt like he needed to bow down. You see, the world is so gleeful for its accomplishments in the face of the church. It's in your face right now. It's in your face how the world view has changed in the last few years, even in my lifetime. How that the world's views have changed. They've latched on to these opportunities to try to tear down the fiber of morality and godliness and righteousness and get the church to think that what you have is nothing. Let me tell you something. What the church Uh, 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 the way God intended it to be as an apostolic God fearing uh, Holy Ghost filled powerful anointing in the name of Jesus Christ Uh, it is a church that will rise up but if it's a church that that has pushed out the things of the word of God and compromised in the word of God and pushed aside what the book says uh, it's going to be a church that is weak it's going to be a church that cannot get up on its own It's going to be a church that's going to be dependent upon the spirit of the world to get them through. I'm telling you something here today. God is saying this battle that you're facing, there is a war going on. He's taking care of some things that you can't see. He's taking care of some things you don't understand. But we keep on walking with Him. Don't bow down to the world and the deception of the world. Amen. Laws are changing to accommodate sin in our world today wanting those opposed to the world's way to bow down to their way. But as Mordecai and the Jewish people, it made Haman mad. It it makes the spirit of the world mad when the church doesn't bow down to its way and its sin because they're wanting the church to come down to their level. What God wants is for the world to rise up the level of where you're at at the church power anointing miracles wonders peace that the world doesn't have true peace can only come from the lord peace but here haman was so mad he was so mad he got so mad that mordecai he was in that position and he wanted him to bow down also like everybody else did. The Mordecai and the Jewish people, they had a different law, a different life, a different way of living, a different language. They were separate. They were different. They were peculiar people, which is what God calls the church of the New Testament, a peculiar people, a royal priesthood a holy nation. Esther 3 and 8 said, And Haman said unto king As- Aserus, There is a certain people scattered abroad, talking about the Jews, and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore it is not the king's prophet to suffer them, he was, saying, he was giving the king, I need to warn you that these Jewish people are going to hinder the spirit of the world. And he was saying, you need to pass a law that changes all of this. I'm talking about a spiritual and moral laws. Because we don't bow down, it causes anger to the world. They don't want to feel condemnation or conviction for their sin. They want to destroy the church on the gallows that they're making for us. Make us a spectacle or an example to the world. But to a church that doesn't bow down, yes, they're going to be a spectacle to the world, but it's not in the ways that the spirit of the world is going to say. We're going to be a spectacle of the power of God. We're going to be a spectacle of the miracle-working power of God's presence. We're going to be an example of the power of this word in operation in our lives. Yeah, we want to be a spectacle, all right, but it's not going to be the way the world thinks on the gallows of what the world has built for us. They want us to be condemned in our own way. They want us to bow down to the things that, that they want us to do. In Esther 3 and 5, and when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. When people get mad, they do things crazy and the spirit of the world they're doing crazy things right now but let me tell you something what the world needs is not a church that bows down to the spirit of the world what the world needs today is a church that stands up to the power of the word of God amen amen and the power of his spirit and the power of his blood and the power of his name but the method of gallows today could be the news media that's trying to condemn everybody and social media and presenting all of the twisted words out in our world today it's rampant and trying to say that the church is this that the ministers are this that the people of God are such hypocrites and this and that and they go on and on and on and on and on and you could say whatever you want to on social media and the media of our world today but it is trying to put us as a spectacle but let me tell you something in the end if you don't bow down to the spirit of the world there there is going to be a mighty revival of the power of God's Spirit. Amen. Let's give Him praise right now. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, yes. I'm talking about spiritual morals, spiritual laws. Our laws are different than the world. They're different. The Bible says to us to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Amen. Just as the Jewish people and Mordecai felt the pressure, they began to feel the hurt. They began to feel the struggle. They began to feel the, the, the fear. Oh yeah, it's it's normal. It's normal. But what happened to Mordecai when he heard that Haman and the king had come up with a law to kill all of the Jews because they are different, because they have different laws, because they live a different way, because they don't go along with the spirit of the world. He, they passed a law, but Mordecai and the children of Israel began to cry out to God. And what happened to Mordecai? He felt the pressure and he began to put on sackcloth and ashes, and they began to pray to God, amen, and he began to cry out to God, and God heard prayer, but all along, there was an orchestration of everything that God was doing, he was calling on certain things to be in place, but all along, he, in the book of Esther, he was putting everything in order, Esther 4 and 3, and in every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, There was great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. That is where we are at right now. We're in war. The world wants to destroy the church and the reputation of the church, not just landmark, but all around the world. To get them to bow down to the spirit of the world and sin. But what God was orchestrating in this story, it's amazing. As I gave, started looking, and this is not all of the, the list of things that God was putting in order, but number one, God orchestrated Esther to be in the king's palace. It was hard to understand why her family was had passed away and that her. her her cousin Mordecai took her in. It was hard for them to believe, you know, why this had to happen, but God was orchestrating some things for for the children of Israel. He began to stand before the orchestra and hold up the the batons and he began to point out, Esther, you're going to be here and in the king's house. And he began to put Mordecai in a place that he didn't bow down. He could trust Mordecai because he knew what he stood on, and he said, Mordecai, you're going to be here. You're going to sit at the gate, and you're not going to bow down. Another thing is the king, one night, God orchestrated for the king to wake up or not be able to go to sleep in the nighttime, when it's normal time to go to sleep, he just tossed and turned, evidently, in bed, but he couldn't go to sleep. And wow, what an unusual thing when you can't sleep to take the record of the Chronicles and read them. Let me ask the question when you can't go to sleep, do you pick up a history book and begin to read history? Now, some of us might. But who picks up a book of history and begins to read the stories, the chronicles, and records, and things that have happened? Who begins to read those things? But he did. It was orchestrated by the great conductor. And he began to speak to the king. And he began to show him in the records of the chronicles in the night. And the king read that Mordecai had saved his life by pointing out two men that was trying to kill him. And Mordecai was the one that told them, You're, these men are trying to kill you. But what came out of that is, the king said, did we do anything to honor him? No. God orchestrated that. king wanted to honor him. Haman came up with, and this is another that man could not have done this. Haman walks in with his pride of the spirit of the world, and he walks in, and, and the king says, what should we do for one that we want to honor? And Haman thought he was talking about himself. And so he began to lay it on thick. He was talking about put robes on him, put this on him, let him ride the the, the horse of the king and all of this. Prayed him through the streets and let everybody see and give honor to him because he was thinking he's talking about me. Why wouldn't he just man could not have orchestrated that. God orchestrated that. (laughs) It couldn't have been a better plan if man had figured it out but when God does it he does it right. Amen. He And the next one, he, God orchestrated Esther to go before the king as an intercessor for the children of Israel when she has, she was walking in, sacrificing the possibility of her life. But she walked in before the king. He reached out the scepter so that she would not be killed. And she went before the king as an intercessor for the children of Israel. Another thing that God orchestrated is the very gallows that was intended for Mordecai after the meeting and the banquet of Haman and the king and Esther. And which she began to point out to the king that Haman is the one that needs to be dealt with, matter of fact, he's, the king stepped out into the courtyard and came back in and, and Haman was pleading for his life, laying on the bed that she was laying on, and he thought she was trying to take his queen from him. He was furious, and he just sent Haman, told the servants, take Haman and send him down to the gallows and hang him, and the very gallows that he intended... The very gallows that the spirit of the world intends to destroy the church with is the very gallows that the, the world, the spirit of the world, is going to die on when the church does not bow down to the spirit of the world. Hmm. God orchestrated it. Man could not have orchestrated this. This is a great story. And then the house of Haman was given to Esther. And everything that he boasts of, the spirit of the world is going to be destroyed on the gallows that was intended for us. And in the world is ours. And she put it under the authority of Mordecai and placed him over it. <laughs> souls is intended not for the world but for the church (laughs) nobody could have done this but God and then in the book of Esther chapter 8 verse 15 through 17 and Mordecai Another orchestration of my God. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white, and with a great crown of gold and with a garment of fine linen and purple in the city of Shushan, uh, rejoiced and was glad the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor, and in every province and in every city, whithersoever the king commandment. and his decree came, the Jews had joy. <laughs> the the Jews had gladness and feast in a good day, and many of the people of the land became the Jews for the fear of the of the uh, uh, they, they became fearful uh, or for the fear of the Jews that fell upon them. But they went from sackcloth and ashes to royal garments. <laughs> That's where we're at today, church. That's what God intends for us today, church. That's what God wants for the body of Christ. He doesn't want us to have to dwell in sackcloth and ashes over and over again and just battle after battle after battle. There is a point of great victory. And the only one that can orchestrate this thing for the body of Christ is the Lord Almighty. Oh. He's the only one that can orchestrate this with fine precision. He's the only one that can put everything into place exactly the way it needs to be put into place, where you're at today, what you're faced with today. You might think that the spirit of the world is getting the advantage and the spirit of the world is winning. I'm here to tell you today, Don't bow down to that lie. Don't bow down to the ways of sin. Don't let the world convince you that the ways of the world and sin are better than living for God. Amen. I'm here to tell you today that God wants this church to rise up. To rise up and be the church that we are going to be, but there is a war in the the heavens and the swords are rattling right now. Don't let it stop you from believing in your miracle for your family, for your loved one, for your husband, for your wife to be saved. Don't let it stop you from the victory for your sons and your daughters to be saved. Don't let it stop you from seeing the glory of God. Fill this place. Why fight senseless wars when God wants to fight it for you? Oh. When God wants to fight it for you, He's got this. man, He's got this. He's got it in control as we stand here today. God has got this don't bow down to the temptation of the spirit of the world God wants to turn your sackcloth and ashes and prayers and, and fastings and crying out to God into a royal a royal apparel. <laughs> oh things are going to change and are changing right now the world and the spirit of the world is not going to win if we stick close to the Lord and don't bow down to the ways of the world the end result will be the church not just surviving but the church will be thriving yes. Yes. Holy Ghost filled people and the altars baptism and the stirring of the waters and baptism amen repentance reverberating from the altars of the church i'm telling you the true victor is the church the body of christ amen god's got this hallelujah only god could orchestrate this victory over our enemy and we're looking at it like yeah just like the jews did where's the joy we're fighting We're in the trenches. We're struggling. There's battle going on. You're feeling the weight. You're feeling the weight. Lift that weight to God. If you can, if you can't, then God will reach down and pick it up and lift it up himself. Just release it and thrust it upon the back of the Lord. He's got this. He's got this. Isaiah 59, 18. 21. Listen to what it says here. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. To the islands, he will repay recompense. So shall they fear the name of the Lord. This spirit of the world I'm talking about. From the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood. The spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion and unto them that turn from transgression. And Jacob saith the Lord, As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed. Saith the Lord from henceforth and evermore. I know he's talking about Israel, but he's also talking about the spiritual Israel today the church he's talking about it he's got our back he's got this cupboard. he's got us in this hour the spirit of the world will not win and we're not going to bow down it's the spirit of the world and in John 16 33 these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in the world ye have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world. The spirit of the world. The darkness of the world. He's overcome it all. Even if you want to consider this globe, He's overcome this planet also. But He's overcome the spirit of this world. Be of good cheer. Don't be down and out. Don't be... Lift up your eyes the The hills from whence cometh your help It's God. It's God. He's got this today. He's got you covered. He's got this church covered. The church is a vibrant thing in this world today. The world doesn't know how to deal with the church. The world doesn't know how to deal with God because people have given their life for the Lord. They don't know how to deal with this. but they just want us to bow down, but we refuse to bow down to the spirit of the world because we know when we give our life to the Lord and bow down to him, there is great glory, great victory for us ahead revival like we've never seen victory like we've never seen the church will not bow down to the spirit of the world so today i'm asking that we will come to this altar we will walk up to this altar and we will lift our hands to the lord i don't want you to look down i don't want you to be uh, in grief i don't want you to, to feel like that all is lost i want you to be joyous i want you to lift your eyes up to the lord i want you to understand what god is doing right right now, you can't understand it, you can't see it, but if you just believe it, it's happening right now, let's lift our heart, let's lift our hands to the Lord, let's be rejoicing in Him today, hallelujah, 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 God's got this, God's got this, oh hallelujah, God's got this. God's got it. He's got your situation in His hands.